Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to call in, be part of the conversation and lots of conversation to be had today. Let's start with uh, our polling update because we do have some new polling information that is coming out. And I think it's extremely important for us to pay attention to the shift that's happening right now. But before we get there, an explainer. Uh, because some of y'all who are listening may have heard this before, but some of y'all may not. Over the weekend, ABC News Washington Post poll dropped. And it is the first major news outlet poll that measures the generic ballot that uses likely voters. Now, if you ever look at polling, you'll see a couple different labels for the types of people who were polled. And it's important to pay attention to these labels. You have just the generic people or Americans were polled. You will have uh, you'll have registered voters or adults. Oh, actually, no. So you'll have Americans or adults. You'll have registered voters or likely voters. For the most part, we've been getting registered voters. We have had some likely voters put in, but this is the first significant poll that really focuses on likely voters. And there's a pretty good indication when likely voters are polled that the data is going to be a little bit more accurate. Now, here's why. Polling tends to favor the Democrats. The Democrats are more likely, uh, Democratic voters are more likely to answer their calls and, and participate in polls. Uh, Republican poll, uh, Republican voters simply are not as apt to. So there's already a little bit of a skew that way, just based on uh, behavioral measures. But registered voter polls tend to skew even more heavily to the Democrats. That's just how the data tends to work out. Likely voters measure those who are most likely to go out and vote. And there is a higher percentage of Republicans, Republican voters, who actually make the commitment to go out and vote. These likely voter polls tend to be the polls that you should pay attention to because those polls end up giving you the best data possible right now. Now, what does the data actually show? Right now, the data shows that on the generic congressional ballot, Republicans are up five points. That's according to the ABC News Washington Post poll. In the ABC News Washington Post generic ballot in this poll, Republicans are up by five points. That is a little bit of an outlier. So fair warning on that. It is a little bit of an outlier. Over the weekend, we also had a CBS News battleground poll came out and had the GOP up one on the generic ballot. Overall, looking at the polling averages, which you can find on realclearpolitics.com and near the top, if you click on the polls, you can find latest polls. You go there and you look at it. You can see all the latest polls. 
the ones that we're looking at are the Biden, I'm sorry, are, are the generic congressional vote. So again, ABC News, Washington Post has Republicans up plus five. CBS News Battleground Tracker, Republicans up plus one. Emerson, which was a likely voter poll as well, has them at a tie. 45% of voters say Republican, 45% say Democrat. What's noteworthy is that the ABC News Washington Post poll is the only poll I've seen to have Republicans up over 50%. Let me see. Let me double check because, yeah, it's the first one that I've seen this entire cycle that has Republicans up over 50%. Harvard Harris back in June, late June, had a 50-50 tie. But that is the only, this is the only clear lead over, wait, no. Yeah, Harvard Harris has been trending to the Republicans. There's a 51% for them there. But other than that, really have not, I mean, and, and Harvard Harris doesn't really have that much of a track record. But right now the trend is toward the Republicans. The Democrats have a 0.3 point advantage in the polling average. But in the last four polls that you can see, Rasmussen, Republicans plus two. Emerson, tie. CBS News Battleground, Republicans plus one. ABC News Washington Post, Republicans plus five. That is a pretty big significant trend for the Republicans. And... There are some worries among the pollsters still. I mentioned this the other day. Uh, Vox News had a piece out talking about the skewed polling, everything. Now uh, there's a story at Politico. Pollsters fear they're blowing it again in 2022. Pollsters know they have a problem, but they aren't sure they fixed it in time for the November election. Since Donald Trump's unexpected 2016 victory, pre-election polls have been consistently understated or have consistently understated support for Republicans compared to votes ultimately cast. Once again, polls over the past two months are showing Democrats running stronger than once expected in a number of critical midterm races. It's left some wondering whether the rosy results are setting the stage for another potential polling failure that dashes Democratic hopes of retaining control of Congress and vindicates the GOP's assertion that the polls are unfairly biased against them. It's not that pollsters haven't tried to fix the issues that have plagued them in recent elections, whether they're public firms conducting surveys for the media and academic instructions or private campaign consultants. They have spent the past two years tweaking their methods to avoid a 2020 repeat but most of the changes they have made are small. They're still not able to figure out why Republicans are getting undercounted. We know that Republicans, a lot of times, simply are not picking up the phones as often as Democratic voters are. I have a theory as to why Republicans are getting undercounted. We're going to go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, I'll talk about this theory. 
why Republicans are getting undercounted in the polls. We'll have that discussion here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Uh, just real quick, random fact. Keith Olbermann said on Twitter a little while ago that he and Kirsten Cinema used to date. And I think that is a devastating admission that could ruin her political career. Uh, so I find Kirsten Cinema to be a fascinating figure right now. She's actually out there saying, I want to talk about this in a little bit, but but she's actually out there saying that right now she supports undoing the nuclear option that Harry Reid pulled the trigger on. In 2013, that was the infamous nuclear option that got rid of the 60-vote threshold for judicial nominees. That later became a full-on nuclear option when Mitch McConnell pulled that trigger on Supreme Court nominees. She wants to go back and she wants to put the 60-vote rule back in because Kirsten Cinema, unlike most of her colleagues, understands precedent. They know that Donald Trump got three uh, justices on the Supreme Court, not because of Mitch McConnell, but because of Harry Reid setting the precedent in the first place. So I think that's a fascinating, fascinating uh, take from her. But she is really trying very hard to play the return to normalcy politician in a way that Others who have claimed they want to, <clears throat> President Joe Biden, have said they want to return to normalcy. Anyway, so going back to the last segment, I mentioned that I have a theory as to why Republicans continue getting undercounted in the polls. And it goes back, I think I mentioned this a little bit last week, but I, I want to go further into it. As of right now, you have a sitting president of the United States who has said that anybody who supports Make America Great Again, anybody who voted for Trump, is an anti-democratic threat to the country. So if you're a Republican and you voted for Donald Trump, the president has said you're a threat to the country. That same president's administration, through their Department of Justice, authorized a raid on the home of said MAGA president, Donald Trump. You have Gavin Newsom, Cal uh, governor of California, who is out there saying right now, we know Ron DeSantis broke a law. We're just trying to find which we're just trying to find one to charge him with or, or figure out which one. So what he's saying is. We're going to say he broke a law and we're going to charge him and then we'll make whatever law it is later. That's what he that's what he really believes should happen to Ron DeSantis. You have uh, Justice Department officials who are now in hot water over misleading a judge in a case where they then went and seized assets from safe deposit boxes. You have the case in Michigan where the FBI played a pretty big role in organizing the kidnapping of the governor of Michigan, what uh, Gretchen Whitmer, and the, the, the trial in that case, although it didn't fully exonerate those that were involved, did show that the FBI pretty much 
took the lead on that in order to entrap those guys. They were all too willing to kidnap her. But the FBI played a large part in entrapping that. You have all these stories that are coming together. If you're a Republican, why would you answer anyone calling to ask if you support Donald Trump or if you support the Republican Party? It's a fairly healthy paranoia. If you were to go out and say, I support Donald Trump, we had the story last week of the guy that ran down an 18-year-old over a political difference because that dude claimed that 18-year-old was a member of an extremist right-wing group, and he was not. You have all these stories out there, and, and, and all of these media reports and Democratic politicians saying that right-wing extremism is on the rise, it's a threat to the country, everything like that. But when you look at the headlines, when you look at the stories that are out there, it is the anti-Republican rhetoric that is causing the most harm. A weaponized DOJ and FBI. A lunatic who runs down a kid because he is a Republican or, or is conservative. The FBI lying, the FBI setting up these sting operations. Whistleblowers coming out saying, hey, we're going to ignore child abuse issues and we're going to focus solely on January 6th. Just refer uh, child abuse, child sexual abuse to local authorities. They're going to focus on all of this. Everybody is so focused on Republicans, on conservatives, on Donald Trump. Why would anybody who is worried about the state of the country and worried about the excesses of the Biden administration, why would anybody admit to supporting Trump or supporting the Republican Party? It's not as though the call to you is anonymous. In order to call you, they have to have your number. And how do you really know if it's one of these polling firms or if it's the FBI calling you? Sure, it sounds paranoid and crazy. To some of y'all out there, it's like, man, that's, that's a little bit much. But think of the people out there who are terrified because of it. I'm not saying the FBI is conducting some secret polls and trying to nab Republicans, but what I am saying is that in the face of all the evidence, would you blame them for thinking so? I don't think I would. I would try to convince them that it's not happening, that that really is Emerson or Trafalgar or ABC News calling them, wanting their opinion. But it's not too difficult. It's not outside the realm of possibility to think that somebody might really be afraid that if they go out and they admit to someone that they support Trump, that they support the Republican Party, that there might be some backlash to that. Whether in their own personal lives, someone overhears them, someone says, hey, I, you say, hey, I got polled. What'd you say? And you tell them and they get mad. They desert you. They abandon you because of your political beliefs. Or, God forbid, the brown shirts really do show up. It's not difficult to think that somebody, some people out there may not want to be uh, part of any of that.
and increasing hostility toward conservative beliefs expanded at least in part by the media's incessant harping on Republicans and conservatives as the bad guys. You would be hesitant to answer any of those questions truthfully. So that's what I think is happening. I really and truly think that there are many people who are afraid to admit, even to some anonymous pollster that's calling them, that they support Donald Trump and the Republicans. And we'll see how effect, how we'll see if that's actually holding up in the midterm elections. All right, 232-1542, let's take a break. We'll be back here shortly on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542, if you want to call in and be part of the conversation. So the American press is losing its mind over fascism once again, except this time it's in Italy. So uh, Georgia Maloney is going to be Italy's new prime minister. The conservative bloc in parliamentary elections uh, has, has, has picked up victory. In recent elections, the problem is uh, the party that Maloney represents apparently originates from an offshoot of the old fascist party. And so they're going with that to say that this woman is clearly a fascist, that her party is fascist and is going to take Italy back to fascism. Now, the problem is the American press has been using the term fascist so much that it no longer has any meaning. First of all, if we're going to uh, judge a party by its ideological origins, I would think that the Democrats and the media would want to be a little bit more honest as to the origins of the Democratic Party. You would think that the party of the Klan, the party of slavery, the party of, uh, of some terrible evils in our country's history might want to not be so quick to judge a party by its past, but to each his own, I guess. The thing with uh, Georgia Maloney's speech that she gave over the weekend is that she says some very middle-of-the-road conservative ideas, a little ethnocentric, a little nationalistic, but nothing super controversial. It's a bit early to say that this is, you know, the steps to fascism. Because I don't, I, I don't know if, how up on y'all's history you are, but it's not as though Hitler, uh, Mussolini, some of these other tyrants over the years, it's not, as, it's not as though they were subtle in their rise. They were, they were pretty overt with what they wanted. They didn't, they didn't try to be political and nuanced in it. They, they came out and said what they thought. And what Maloney is saying in her speech is that the progressive movement worldwide seeks to destroy everything that provides identity to normal people. Normal people, by her worldview and by the worldview of conservatives, is that we identify based on our nationality, we identify based on our beliefs. What we don't identify by is our race. We don't identify 
by our sexual identity. We identify culturally, nationally. We have the hyphen American thing here. But we identify by our family, religion, nationality, culture. We don't identify as these other smaller things, these identities that are really meant to divide. And she points out that the goal of the progressive movement to separate everyone into an identity, she calls out banks, she calls out everybody. Banks just want you to be a number, just a generic consumer. The progressives want you to be identified down to race, sexual identity, everything to divide you. And ultimately, let the society be driven by a bureaucratically driven consumer machine. That's what she's arguing. This is not revolutionary stuff. This is not authoritarian, fascist, whatever you want to call it. This is fairly middle-of-the-road conservative rhetoric. That the idea of who we are in relation to our family, religion, nationality, culture, everything, we are individuals. We have some shared identity, but we're not dividing ourselves based on our identity. That's what the progressive left does. Everything that defines us is now an enemy, she said in her speech. She goes on to quote G.K. Chesterton, which, which absolutely sent the left into apoplectic rage. Fires will be kindled to testify that two and two make four. Swords will be drawn to prove that leaves are green in the summer. Censorship, all of these sorts of things that we see on a near constant basis. That's what she's arguing against. Now keep in mind that this is just part of a larger wave. Sweden had conservative victories in their government. Do you know why? It's not because there's suddenly some American conservative movement awake abroad. Voters in countries all over the world are tired. The people of these countries are tired of the oppressive COVID restrictions, crackdowns on speech, crackdowns on protest. It's not the fact that there is some racist ethno, ethno-nationalism that's taking uh, place abroad. People want freedom. People yearn for freedom. You know what's not getting covered by the press all that much? That we're, in, we're well into our second week of protests all over the country in Iran. I mean, in, uh, yeah, in Iran. Younger generations are now out speaking, and you know what's happening? The Iranian government's going out into the streets and shooting them. A viral video of a woman being slammed headfirst into a curb on the road. Bodies, bloody bodies, strewn in the streets from where they were shot because the government is going in, and the government is trying to shut down the internet. So Elon Musk is going to move... Uh, his satellite, his satellites that provide satellite internet uh, 
going to move those over Iran to try to get internet to those very people. So they can get the word out. All over the world, there is a movement that calls for more freedom, that is trying to break away from this progressive identity politics meets censorship gone horribly awry. God forbid you offend somebody because in some of these countries, the cops will show up at your door. You post the wrong thing on Facebook, they come after you. So in Italy, when a conservative movement breaks through and gets a majority, gets, gets, gets a majority, is able to run the government, it's the rise of fascism. When, when it happens in Sweden, the American left, the American press gets really concerned. When it happens in Iran, a country that the Biden administration is trying to work hand in hand with, and people are out in the streets being shot, the media ignores it. Because the Democrats in America and the media in America all believe the same thing, that the government really should be in charge of it all. That we can't govern ourselves. That we just need the bureaucracy, we need the levels of government in there to do for us. What's happening in Iran justifies the Second Amendment that the left hates so much. the ability to stand up to an oppressive government. It's not, it's not about trying to overthrow a government. It's about trying to stop the government from taking away the rights you have. The rights and freedoms that we have are frankly rights and freedoms that other people across the world really do want. They don't say we want the American Constitution, but they do say, I want the ability to say something without, worried about, without worrying about being arrested because I offended somebody. Which is different than saying, I want the right to offend whoever I want. Because sometimes you don't know when you've offended somebody. But because you say something, you word something a certain way, you can get in trouble with law enforcement over it. That's not freedom. And people want freedom. The natural state of humanity calls for freedom. And the more bureaucratic you get, the more government you add on, the less freedom you have. And people are sick of it. If COVID did anything, it woke up a lot of people worldwide to just how important the freedom to move about and do as you please without the government interfering. It, it woke. It woke up. All right, 232-1542. That was a tangent I didn't mean to go on, but let's continue the conversation here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Let's take this break. We'll be back right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to call and be part of the program. Uh, if you were looking at KPL965.com for the show notes, those have now moved. They are on my substack. So if you go to kitchenpundit.substack.com you will find most of the stuff I write links to the podcast of the show but now starting today you will see the show notes for the show as well and if you sign up there 
the show notes will get emailed to you every day so you don't have to worry about going and finding it. It comes straight to your email. There's also a Substack Reader app where those show notes will come through as notifications on your phone should you be interested. Now, going back to where I started the whole day, and that's with the polling, everything's kind of tying together. The ABC News Washington Post poll should be a really big wake-up call for the Democrats. Here's the breakdown where voters voters were asked, which party do you trust more on these issues? On the economy, GOP, 17%. Crime, GOP, 22%. Immigration, GOP, 1%. Inflation, GOP, 18%. Now, what were the, voter, what were the issues that voters cited, uh, said that they trusted the Democrats more on? Abortion, Democrats, 17%. Education, Democrats, 1%. Climate, Democrats, 21%. Education has long been the purview of the Democratic Party. If the Democrats are barely holding their own against Republicans on the issue of education, that's a big warning sign. But look at the other issues that they side with the Democrats on. Abortion and climate. Those issues are way down the list of issues that voters care about. Voters right now are most concerned about the economy, inflation, job market, crime, etc. Immigration's down there kind of around abortion. But immigration is probably higher than abortion on the list simply because it's such a major crisis right now, especially at our border. And if you think that Republicans are not going to be rallied by the immigration uh, crisis, especially along the southern border, especially in the south, you're foolish. And if you think that Hispanic voters of various points of origin aren't looking at the immigration uh, crisis and aren't blaming the Biden administration for it, you're foolish. Typically, Mexican-American families tend to be Democratic. Puerto Rican-American tend to be Democratic. But Venezuelan, Cuban, many from South America where socialist countries have, have run wild, they tend to trend more Republican. And even Mexican-American voters whose families came here the legal way and went through the process properly, they don't like what they're seeing at the border either. 24% of voters currently rate the economy as excellent or good. That's down from 42% since the first poll of the Biden administration. It's almost halved. Ninety-three percent of voters say they are upset or concerned about inflation. That is, without a doubt, the most consensus you'll probably see in any modern poll ever. I cannot think of any other issue, any other poll where 90 plus percent of, in, of voters agreed on anything. 
35% of Democrats say they would like to see the party nominate Biden again in 2024. 56% say Democrats should nominate someone else. Absolutely brutal. Jen Psaki, interviewed over the weekend, said, look, if the midterms are a referendum on Joe Biden, the Democrats lose. Jen Psaki, Biden's former press secretary, said that. Here, here is the danger in this one poll. Now, again, one poll does not an election make. But notice the trends that come after this. But there's one bit of information here that I think is absolutely beyond brutal for the Democrats. And it really makes them or really should make them stop and think. Who would you vote for if the 2024 election were held today and it was between Trump and Biden? 48% say Donald Trump. 46% say Joe Biden. If Trump is leading a hypothetical election right now, that is doom. For the Democrats. Biden's approval rating among independent voters is at 30%. His approval on the economy among independents is at 29%. The economy is the most important issue in front of voters right now. And I don't care what polls say about who is winning because people are going to vote those kitchen table issues, those economic issues before anything else. If that is their biggest concern, then you know that when they vote, they are going to focus on the economy, on the things that affect them directly. That whole poll is a clear warning sign to Democrats. All right, folks, that's it for me today. 23 hours until the Joe Cunningham show returns. In the meantime... Be sure to check me out on Facebook at Joe Cunningham Show, Twitter.com uh, at Joe P. Cunningham, and check out the podcast version of the show wherever you get your podcasts. I'll talk to you guys again real soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.